Welcome back to another edition of Federalist Radio Hour. I'm Chris Bedford, Senior Editor at The Federalist, joined by Emily Jashinsky, the Culture Editor at The Federalist. And we also have Jorge Ventura, who just at The Daily Caller, who just released a new documentary out today that looks absolutely phenomenal uh, about the cartels in Southern California, uh, released by The Daily Caller, high quality stuff. Tell us, tell us all about this documentary, Jorge. First off, you know, what's it called? Uh, how long have you been working on it, and what's it about? Yeah, so the uh, documentary is called Cartelville USA. Um, we spent about four months working on it, and you know this this story really just kind of fell on my lap. So I've been covering the border pretty heavy since March, since you know it made the headlines as as a border crisis. And when I was covering the border, I met Congressman Mike Garcia, who represents District Twenty Five back in California, which is North LA County. And I was I was kind of curious because um, Garcia at that time was the only representative. I still I still believe till today was the only representative from California that was visiting the border. So when I was when I was at the border, you know, you're always meeting congressmen and senators from Texas, but really no one from the outside. So I asked Congressman Garcia, like, hey, you know, why are you so you know concerned with the border coming, you know, from District 25? And he said, Jorge, we have a Mexican drug cartel problem uh, in my just in my district. They're starting to really take over these desert rural communities. And there's a huge human smuggling trafficking problem. And then um, I was kind of shocked. I did like a little like a, you know, like where you do a double take because I actually grew up in Palmdale in the Antelope Valley. So I'm actually in his district and I just asked him to elaborate. And he says that these drug cartels essentially um, in this past kind of year and a half have really found these rural communities. They, they're starting up these illegal marijuana operations and they're smuggling migrants from the border and using them as forced labor, which we which we call labor trafficking and forcing these migrants to work these these grow operations. And now these cartels are actually battling other cartels out here in the desert for control of these deserts. So they're starting up illegal marijuana operations. Um, since they are illegal, they are stealing water at a record number. I believe the last number that we have is every day that these illegal marijuana operations are operating in Southern California, between 3 million to 9.6 million water gallons per day are being wasted. There's a huge environment problem because- all That's the something that even the left will care about. You, uh, and it's on top of the environmental degradation and the water thieving. Uh, you said that there's a violence problem these cartels are bringing. That's something that's kind of new because the cartels generally know you can kill as many Mexicans as you want in Mexico. You can slave trade as many humans as you want from foreign countries, but you don't mess with Americans. Then Americans start to freak out. It's, it seems to be one of the very few remaining ideas of Pax Americana in the world is cartels know that's bad for business. But you worry that that might be changing? Yeah, that, that's the that's a huge issue here. And then the, the big problem is, you know, when you mention to Californians and say, hey, did you know we have an illegal marijuana operation problem here? You know, most people just shrug their shoulders and say, hey, it's it's not a big deal. It's just pot. It's probably two hippie dudes in the middle of nowhere just smoking joints. And they have no idea this huge criminal element. So we are starting to see these cartels shoot at American citizens. We interviewed them in the documentary. I interviewed um, San Bernardino County Sheriff Shannon Dykus, who had his, his own sheriffs and gunfire fights with these cartels. And like I said, the, the, the homicide rate is climbing up. They're finding bodies that are shot and killed connected to these illegal marijuana girls. So that's that's really the, the scary part, because now you really have these American citizens, working class citizens, that the reason they move to the desert is just to get away from being in, in, in L.A. and the kind of the heckness, the, the heckness and the madness of being in a city. So these folks come out here to retire and now they're literally stuck in the middle of cartel gunfire fights in the middle of the desert. A big issue right here, too, Bedford, is that the lack of law enforcement in the desert. So when you're out there in these areas called Nenac, Eastside Lancaster, 
if you call your local sheriff, they'll literally tell you that, hey, uh, it's going to take us like an hour, two hours to even get to you. You're really just on your own out there. So these cartels are essentially running rampant because they have access to the water, um, to our California aqueducts. They tap in and still water every single day. They also uh, drill illegal wells, and they also tap into the wells of the residents that live out there, the gun violence, the, the environment. And like I said, I was shocked just to see how rapid the situation was. Um, so when Congressman Garcia invited me to those two and to, the, to those two town halls, and I was hearing it from the residents, I was just shocked that this story was really un, uh, you know underreported. That's when I called my my producer Sonic Basu back in D.C. and I said, "Hey, we need we need to do a full on investigation and really kind of document what's going on here." And the county next door to us, which is San Bernardino County, we spent some time over there. They have over one thousand illegal marijuana grows. So just between our two counties. We're, we're close to 2,000 illegal marijuana operations, and they're really controlled by three main factions. So we see the Mexican drug cartels connected to Sinaloa. The Chinese mafia is actually out here, too, and smuggling Chinese uh, nationals through the southern border. And Can you explain that, Jorge? That, yeah. That's really interesting. People might not know about it. Yeah, so we went uh, we went embedded with the San, uh, San Bernardino County Sheriff. They have this, um, a marijuana and, and enforcement team where they raid these grows, and we went embedded with them. And we raided about three Chinese uh, grows by the Chinese mafia where these uh, Chinese cartels are now smuggling Chinese migrants, nationals, and then forcing them to work their grows as well. So that's something that we, we've never seen really before. And then the, the last faction is now is the Armenian crime organization here in California. They're also involved. Now, the Armenians so far, what we've been seeing from our reporting is they like to buy these homes. And they actually will gut out the home and do an indoor illegal marijuana grow. So we're seeing the Mexicans and the Chinese go more with the outdoor grows. And we're talking about massive operations. I think you'll see it in the documentary. The, the biggest operation we discovered was in El Mirage, San Bernardino, where we found 10-acre operation of an illegal marijuana grow. I mean, you would you would have thought that Jeff Bezos and Amazon was running this illegal grow. <laughs> I mean, that's how large it was out there in the desert. Like Harold and Kumar, that's what I'm picturing. Um, yeah, but it's not. It's, 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 the Sonoas, the Armenians, and the Chinese, like, I think they're meaner than, than Harold and Kumar. Well, yeah, but they run into this like <laughs> massive pot operation at one point, and maybe that's in the second film. But Jorge, how dangerous is is this reporting? Um, it, It's very dangerous. So the reason why I was speaking, when I speak to community members, are saying, you know, why is this issue so underreported? They say that, you know, the local media doesn't want to send their reporters out there because they don't have the money or the security to kind of have a, a team out there. And then when I and then, you know, we also found out that basically mainstream media doesn't want to come out there because they don't want to send their six figure earner reporters out there in the <laughs> desert. So for me, I was like, that kind of left a void for us. Uh, we Daily we, Caller uh, fills that void. <laughs> expendable, expendable labor. <laughs> um so the thing is, when we were out there interviewing even the property owners, they would they would literally call us crazy. They said, guys, this is like the Wild Wild West out here. You're all on your own. If you're not armed, like, don't come out here. So um, but you know, what? we 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 always take that, that that challenge on, whether it's the riots, the border. And we got a little spy drone that really saved us because that little spy drone, we were able to fly it over these, these illegal groves and document some mm -hmm. of the drug activity, the water hall and then the weapons. I mean, the weapons on these grows, I think is also a, a pretty shocking thing just to see how they, these migrants, these undocumented, uh, undocumented migrants are armed out there. Yeah. It's really brave reporting. It's really incredible. Impressive. People, I, I strongly suggest people go watch it. It's a far cry except for the complete disregard for reporter safety from my years as a daily cholera editor in chief. When I would just, if somebody wanted to go cover a riot, I'd be like, sure. You know, <laughs> as long as you got a permission slip from home, just kidding. Uh, you know, I was just out in Lancaster area going to a Bravery Brewing Company, and was one of the reasons you reached out to me. 
after being in Los Angeles and Orange County, it seemed like it was really Americana out there. I mean, it was American flags everywhere. Uh, the brewery itself, which is different from a lot of breweries, was decorated with with Leonie's, um Marine Corps uniform from the from from Full Metal Jacket because he was a co-founder of this place. There's a giant American flag. They had pictures of the fallen. The, the I think it was 11 fallen from that county who had died or from that town who had given their lives in the war on terror. Uh, there were American flags everywhere, and most of the people I were talking to were veterans. It seemed like beautiful, bucolic, retiree, play golf, conservative land compared. To, and even though it's in L.A. County, when did you're set, you're telling me that there's something evil behind this? And when did this start? When did this start to happen? So really bad for what happened was um, what kind of let open the floodgates. The situation was uh, Prop 64 in California. So Prop 64. Uh, it passed in 2016, which legalized cannabis statewide, which, you know, you, you talk to any Californian, you know, people agree with that. The, the huge issue with Prop 64 is that it made illegal cultivation, which used to be a felony in our state, and it downgraded to a misdemeanor. And that right there led open the floodgates because now the risk is so low. So one thing mm-hmm. when I speak to the L.A. County Sheriff, they say, Jorge, whether we bust an illegal operation, with, whether it's 50 plants or 50,000, these guys know that they're going to get slapped in the wrist with a misdemeanor uh, here in L.A. County. We have a progressive D.A., George Cascone, that's really not charging these guys. So when anytime sheriff raids these girls, they want to find, you know, weapons, um, any human trafficking like that. They could attach a felony charge. But really that, that the, the 2016 Prop 64 just let o- really just let open the floodgates um, to this huge issue. According to L.A. County, when I spoke to them, the sheriff, they said last year, they only identified 150 illegal marijuana gro- growing operations. Now that they're at over 500. So it does feel like a game of whack-a-mole. The defund the police movement here in 2020 in L.A. County really, really hurt Sher- uh, Sheriff Alex Villanova because it really cut a lot of his task force teams that used to, you know, raid these girls. They don't they have really no no one out there. And, you know, we, we you're going to see it in the documentary where they raid an illegal marijuana grow. And then that same grow within two weeks could be back up and running because the infrastructure it's still it's still there, but really that Prop 64 let open the floodgates. And, and really quick, I want to add, you know, we just had a recall election here in California, and whether it was Gavin Newsom or the Republican candidates, I was shocked to hear that this issue wasn't it wasn't brought up at all. That we have a cartel, water theft, violence problem. This is really actually nothing new. This started up in Northern California, up in that Humboldt County, and then it's made a way here to uh, SoCal. Why? What's your best theory for why it didn't come up? Because one thing I wanted to ask you about is you, know, you mentioned Congressman Mike Garcia brought some of this to your attention and you've been talking to law enforcement sources. And I imagine through your reporting, you're not just talking to Republicans. You're talking to people who are nonpartisan, uh, maybe <clears throat> even Democrats, maybe pe- even people on the left. So why is it that the issue isn't sort of closer to the surface of the discourse in California? I, I still think that the big thing is is here in California, you know, cannabis is so embedded in our in our culture and mm. there's a huge like just misconception problem. So like, you know, I I find I find it countless times where I talk to someone about this issue, like, hey, did you know about illegal marijuana operations? And people literally like just shrug their shoulders and say, like, oh yeah, like who cares? It's like just pot, like, why are we even wasting our tax dollars fighting this issue? So so that's the issue that we're running into. So that's why, you know, I thought it was really important to get all this video evidence compile it together in this long form documentary to show people there's a huge criminal element here. Um, a lot of these residents were, um, you know, they were afraid and, and, and rightfully so afraid to talk to any type of local media about this issue, but they actually sat down with us and tell their story. So I think when people hear it from the people living here, it's going to change the dynamics when they see the criminal element, the weapons in the documentary, when you see the examples of human trafficking, 
I hope that changes. But but that's a big thing is, is that cannabis here in California is just so embedded in the culture. People literally shrug their shoulders just because maybe it's not the fentanyl, it's not meth. People don't think it's it's that serious here. You know, and speaking even on fentanyl and meth and all those other drugs, I remember uh, the Daily Caller was the first to really begin reporting on the, the pharmaceutical fam- families that were behind uh, Oxycontin and really blowing that up, calling it American cartel. And, you know, they got, they got, we got a lot of pushback back when I was there. And, you know, a few years later, a year later, really, people started to write stories about it that they got all the Pulitzer Prizes. So you, I don't see a Pulitzer Prize in your future, but it can't get the conversation <laughs> started, even though the work is worthwhile. You get a Bedford Prize. Yeah, you get a Bedford yeah, Prize. Like, yeah. <laughs> this seems like this. We hear this story all the time, whether it's at the border, which people try to portray as, oh, it's just some kind of fightful goes west. It's just people trying for a new life. It's just. It's just people who want who love America. And it's like, no, you idiots. It's a criminal operation, a human slavery operation, a gun smuggling operation with no regard for human life. It's a mass rape uh, area. It's run by the cartels. And you get the same thing in California where people are thinking, oh, it's just, you know, grow some pot. Who cares? Live and let live. Like, no, dude, this is a human smuggling, gun smuggling operation. And it just seems like these folks are so damn overeducated. They live in fantasy land. You know, they go, you go to Harvard and you think that people smoke pot like you do and people use drugs like you do and people sell drugs like maybe your roommates sold dime bags. It's like, nope, that's not how the real life works. Most people who get addicted to drugs look around the streets of Denver, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C. They, they lose their jobs. They become consumed. They lose their families. They lose their livelihoods. They lose their minds. And most of the drug dealers out there, if not your little neighborhood cocaine grower or your little neighborhood <laughs> pot grower, these are actual vicious, vicious people. And there's a human cost to it. Exactly. And, you know, one thing here for, for folks who don't know. So uh, here in District 25, um, this was our district that we had to run a special election because of the big Katie Hill story. If you guys remember that. Oh, one. that's right. right. Um, so she's when, been uh, rehabilitated now, I think. She's yeah, like, so, I'm an icon. Literally doing magazine photo shoots. Yeah. So the, the, so we had a special election la- um, last year. Garcia won that election against Democrat Christy Smith by less than 500 votes. So the reason why I'm, I'm bringing this up is because when you interview these residents out there, they feel that no one is fighting for them because they feel like they don't have a voice since they're in the rural community. Politicians don't really come out there to hear about the concerns. They feel that Garcia is literally their only fighting chance. And this this election next year in 2022 is going to be really, really important for them. And, and a lot is on the line here because they do feel that if Democrat Christy Smith does pull off the victory, then this kind of war against these cartels in the desert will be officially lost. I mean, we're already losing the battle because, you know, if the if the if LA County raids, you know, a couple grows, there's literally going to be five to ten popping up the, the the very next day. So this this election next year really is a is a big deal for the people living in this district. Can you can you keep pulling at that thread a little bit because it shows the disincentives for uh, elected officials and law enforcement to handle the situation. It sounds like they're actually overwhelmed by cartel power. Um, if they if they tried to do anything, it's like well, what's the solution? Um, it'll just it seems like maybe they worry it'll actually exacerbate the situation. No, and that, that, that's exactly it. And like in July, L.A. County Sheriff, you know, they did a 10-day raid on these illegal girls out here. I mean, just that, that 10-day raid cost the department $1 million. So for them, they don't have the resources to. And then, like I said, when you're speaking to these residents, they feel that no one's standing up to them, standing up for them. Because, like I said, politicians don't go out there because, you know, they're, they're, these are rural working class communities. So you're not going to be raising a lot of funds from them. They mm. feel like their voices are not concerned. A big thing, too, here is our L.A. County Board of Supervisors. We only have one Republican, Catherine Barger, who's actually fighting this issue against four liberal uh, county board of supervisors who still think this is just a hippie marijuana problem. 
So that's that's a that's the big thing here. Is there's a lot on the line in this this election. And I asked Garcia, I said, you know, Congressman, how do you feel that you're literally fighting a cartel problem in your district on American soil? He said, I would never imagine in a million years. You know, he thought he was going to come in and fight issues on taxes and education here in, in District 25. It's a purple district, so it could go left or right either year. But he had no idea that he was basically now in a cartel fight. And this is like I said, this next election, it means the world to these people out here in these rural communities because they feel that if Christy Smith wins, uh, this battle is essentially lost. And we're already losing the battle. Like I said, there's the, the cartel is winning right now. Um, when you're out there, Bedford, I have to tell you, like when you're out there in the desert, and I try to explain this to people, you know, when you're in the city, you know, on every street corner, there's a Starbucks or a McDonald's. When you're out there in the desert, it feels that there's a cartel grow up on every single corner. I mean, you look left or right, you see these huge hoop houses, the, you know, the, the, the infrastructure, the white and the black tarps, and they just operate wide in the open because these cartels know that no one's going to do anything. And they know that law enforcement doesn't have the resources uh, to combat the issue. Someone should tell, someone should tell the department of justice that parents uh, and teachers are meeting there. PTAs are meeting there. And maybe we'd actually get some kind of a crackdown. <laughs> the FBI would come. The FBI would be all over that stuff. It seems like this is, I mean, this is international crime taking place in California with real victims. Like, that's the thing that I I, I like that you stress. And I hope you guys, you, it seems like you guys are going to get across in this documentary is this isn't kids smoking pot. This is real victims in here. People die. And uh, I, I caught one of the interviews in, in, in your phenomenal trailer, which I look forward to reading, watching the whole piece. And they said, we, it was a prediction that we are very close to seeing bodies hanging from overpasses in the United States of America. And that that's the kind of thing that hopefully would shock some people into it. But I, I, I pray never to see that in this country. And, uh, you know, one, one, one thing that I really want to mention is on our last week of filming, I mean, like I said, we were already wrapped up with the documentary. One of the property owners that we interviewed, he gives me a call and says, hey, Jorge, um, can you come out to my home? Uh, they actually found a body dump less than 100 feet away from my house. And I was like, what? So we, we went out there and I was just shocked, you know, to see that because, um, you know, out there in the desert, if these cartels do, you know, kill or shoot people, they usually dig them up. And it's it's kind of a process to actually find that that body. But, he, you know, these neighbors do believe that these cartels are getting so brazen that they want to send a message to these property owners that, hey, if you speak to media, you speak to law enforcement, this is what's coming. So we've never seen it you know, really like this at all. And, you know, when you're out there interviewing folks, they literally have no go zones now in the desert, you know, places where they used to like to ride their horses or quads out here in the desert, they have no, officially no go zone. So I was shocked to just even hear that because, you know, no go zone, that's something that you hear in a third world country, not here on American soil. And mm -hmm. I really want to add this last part is that, you know, I think the part that really breaks my heart is when you interview these folks who put all their retirement money into their homes now mm -hmm. have to sell these homes and are, and are literally fleeing these communities, which is what the cartel wants. The more that these people flee, you know, they, they literally buy their properties up because they want, they want to essentially control all these communities. So um, yeah, I, when I'm out there interviewing people, they're already, they're already pulling their homes up for sale, heading to Texas, Tennessee, states like Florida. And what these cartels are also doing is there's a real estate aspect is let's say there's a home or property they like out there in the desert. They actually will approach the real estate agent and say, how's that, you know, how much is that home going for? You know, mm. real estate agent could, could reply it's going for 150 in the market. Great. I'll give you 220 right now. I need that person out by the first. So they're essentially also even changing the real estate in the communities out here in like Ninac, East uh, Eastside, Lancaster, Lake Hughes. And they're literally they're improving people's becoming, home values. Yeah, they're, they're literally becoming cartel the gentrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And these real, you know, the real estate industry is actually turning a blind eye because 
you know, they, they get to make a big commission on it and they don't even live in these communities. So they don't get to live with the um, negative effects of having these folks live next to you. Amazing how this order has all been orchestrated by, as Chris said, overeducated elites who have absolutely no skin in the game that they realize, at least, and they're completely out of touch. I mean, this is like when Jorge's talking about defund the police having an effect on this because it cut into law enforcement resources. It's just, it's like amazing because it sounds like the people who would have supported defund the police have actually no idea that this is happening and how defund the police is hurting the community um, more broadly. I guess it's just, it's all very it's all very shocking um and kind of hard to believe that this is happening as jorge said on american soil yeah i like i said i still can't you know even till today i can't really i can't even fathom that you know we even got to this point and then you know the situation is only worse at the county next door the county next door to us san bernardino has double the illegal marijuana operations that we have um but i will say that in san bernardino county they're they are at least making the efforts to fight this off they have on their board of supervisors for them are, are Republican against one liberal. So they're actively working against it. They have a DA named Jason Anderson, who is very aggressive, which is, you know, the exact opposite tactics that George Cascone is using on this issue. Um, another big problem, too, is, is now the vaccine mandate debate, because now L.A. County Sheriff expects that they'll lose some of those shares if they enforce that mandate. Villanova has said that he's not going to do it. But these are the issues that are really affecting the working class folks. And these are the stories that are just really not making it to the mainstream. I, I was just shocked to, to even find out that this is such an unreported story. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really shouldn't you know be like this at all. So we're hoping with this documentary, we can at least change the conversation. We could pressure the local officials here. And I think the big thing is, is the misconception problem, right guys? Like this is not, like you said, it's not two kids out here. It's not hippies. This is a real criminal element. And if, if we continue down this path, I mean, these cartels are essentially just going to suck up all these communities, all the water and essentially take over. And that's why, you know, we went with the title Cartelville, because it's it's literally like that when you're out there in the desert. Yeah. And politicians and, and activists need to understand that we're talking about housing prices. And I've been to these communities. These are not wealthy retirement homes. These are working class retirement communities. These are people who are hardworking Hispanic and white people who, who are living out there just trying to live in peace. Well. The documentary uh, out by the Daily Caller is Cartelville, USA. Uh, where can people find this? Where can people watch this um, and, and learn more about this? So two ways to find it, guys, is if you just go on dailycaller.com on our, on our website, our news website, it's going to redirect you uh, to where the documentary is at. So our documentary is on its own website. It's really easy. It's just carteldoc.com. So if you just visit that website, you can watch the trailer. The full documentary is there. Um, if you have trouble finding it by any way, you could just go on dailycaller.com and our website will redirect you to carteldoc.com uh, for the full documentary and the trailer is available as well. That's excellent. Uh, Jorge, thanks very much for joining us today on the Federalist Radio Hour. This has been illuminating and it's something I, we were talking about earlier that I want to report on too because the cartel problem spreads far deeper, far all the way to our northern border and it's something Americans need to wake up to. Jorge, thanks very much for joining us. It's Jorge Ventura at the Daily Caller. The documentary is Cartelville, USA. Uh, I'm Chris Bedford with The Federalist Senior Editor, uh, joined by Emily Yashinsky, Culture Editor. Uh, Will, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. And until next time, be lovers of freedom and anxious for the fry.